Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. It is Thursday. You know what that means. We That means we speak to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jonathan Twomley. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, one thing that I wanted to ask you about, again, because we're both investors, but we play at kind of different ends of the spectrum, is uh, a notion I have called player and spectator, right? A spectator sits in the stands, booze, chants, you know, gets drunk, whatever, but they're not, they're not on the floor, right? They're not a player. They're not doing the work. And to be clear, a player doesn't mean you have to have a deal, but it does mean you are doing the work. It means you're practicing. It means you're filling in your weaknesses. So I know the difference between a player and a spectator in residential. You play in a totally different world, hundreds of units, you know, tens of millions of dollars. I'm curious, what does a player and a spectator look like in your world? Well, I'm actually curious, like, what do you, what does it look like in your world? So for a residential buyer, it's really quite simple, right? First and foremost, really the biggest difference for me between a player and a spectator is a decision. I have decided to learn my market. I've decided to figure out my buy box. I've decided to figure out, you know, and look at my market, right? It's focus and daily discipline. Yeah. Uh, you, you're a spectator if you're like, I'm excited about real estate investing, but you're all over the board, right? You really haven't committed, right? So the difference in my opinion, at least at the residential level is you're committed and really you're trying to get 1% better, kind of the atomic habits thing. Um, so that's what it is for me in residential. Well, I mean, I would say for the multifamily side, right? Like you said, I think it's a great definition. You don't have to be, you don't have to own anything yet. Mm-hmm. You need to be in the game. Right. I'm sorry about these messages. Like even turning off messengers doesn't seem to stop them. So that's okay. Um, so let's see. Uh, yeah, I was just distracted me. So, okay. So you, um, you have to be, so I would say to be in the game, Right. Mm-hmm. It means that you are doing a number of things. One is you're, like you said, learning your market. So you've, you've chosen a market or two or three to focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are starting to follow the deals that come up in those okay. markets. You're underwriting the deals that mm-hmm. look attractive to you. They're kind of seem like they might be in your strike zone. Mm-hmm. And then starting to put in offers if you feel you can get there on price. Right. And that, that's sort of like the minimum that you need to be doing to, to be in the game. I mean, I guess uh, sort of something that's going to come with that is, you know, you're not going to see the deals if you're not starting to make relationships with brokers, right? Right. Networking. Yep. So you've got to be out there talking with brokers and, you know, it's funny, like my coaching program is a lot, there's a lot about this because it's one of the things that people find more difficult. Uh, is is getting commercial brokers to pay attention to you. I think you know, this mm-hmm. may be a misconception, but I mean, on the, on the, the residential side, since like pretty much anybody is potentially buying a house for themselves, right? Brokers, if you go to an open house or you call a broker, they're going to talk with you because you're another client, right? Mm-hmm. But on the commercial side, especially now with all of the seminars and coaching programs and stuff out there, 
they're you know people who think that you know think that their investors don't understand the market and they're calling brokers and saying hey you know i want to see a you know show me a hundred plus unit deal at an eight cap yeah. right and <laughs> and the brokers like you know their eyes roll back in their head so they're, they're trying to avoid those people yeah so it was kind of like an art to getting the brokers to take you seriously which is to totally possible even if you haven't closed deals before you don't need to have a track record there's a there's a way to approach them that will make them take you seriously but yeah. you have to learn that skill and yeah the big thing for me when i was thinking about this conversation with you is first and foremost multifamily is is um it's the hot thing today. When I look at the real estate investing market, it's the hottest of the hot, right? Maybe yeah. next is Airbnb. It's kind of the, is next. But when I think about multifamily and all the seminars and I, and I'm a residential guy and I'm seeing people talk about hundred units and four, like, if you don't have a thousand units, you're a loser. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. That's this kind of mindset, but still there's a lot of people that there's a lot of people that have spent money on seminars or maybe even other coaching programs, but they're still spectators because they're not committed to doing the practice, doing the work, underwriting deals. You say underwriting the deals. I bet you most people don't even know what that means, right? They're, they're like, hey, I got the uh, broker price opinion or you know, their package, I'm well, good. Yeah, I mean, it is <clears throat> surprising to me, the number of people who, and, I, and I've seen, even seen this with people who, who are well-funded, mm -hmm. who are buying deals. Okay. And on their first few deals, <clears throat> they've really made mistakes because they just assumed that what the brokers put in their package <laughs> was possible <laughs> was accurate. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the issue is, so for, for underwriting, I mean, this, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but okay. if you're there, brokers are not, a, first of all, the broker is trying to sell the deal for as much money as possible. So they're going to make the deal look as good as possible. Mm -hmm. And they're not, I wouldn't say that they are lying. Right. Although, I mean, I've seen, I have seen a couple of brokers who are not totally ethical, but, uh, but on the most, for the most part, the brokers are not misrepresenting anything. Mm -hmm. The issue is that your cost there, they are putting these broker packages together based on the seller's finances, the seller's like structure and the yeah. seller. Their taxes, their insurance. Yeah. And those are the things that are going to change when you buy it. So the things, the, the typical things that will change, like the, the two things that will always change are the property taxes and the insurance that you pay, right? Mm -hmm. Those expenses will always be more, right? Mm -hmm. For one thing, for the insurance, because, sorry, the, the property taxes are going to go higher because it's going to most likely going to be reassessed on sale or reassessed like within a year after sale. Mm -hmm. So the seller is, has an assessment that's based on when they purchase the property. And, it, and it, they never, even though the taxes are going up every year, they don't reassess them dramatically. And sometimes mm -hmm. states have caps on how much they can reassess, right? But then on a sale, they, they get to reset. So you can see the taxes double or triple, right, on a property. And if you're not prepared for that and don't know how to underwrite it, you'll just assume, oh, this is great. I'm going to get this. I'm going to pay this amount of tax, and it causes you to overpay. Mm -hmm. The insurance usually what happens is insurance kind of lags behind too, because there's you know most people are not keeping up to date on their insurance. They're renewing their policy every year, but they're not really having like the build cost updated mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So they're actually underinsured. Mm -hmm. So 
when or and the other thing that's often the case is if you're buying property from a large property owner, they probably have it on a policy with a whole bunch of other properties discounts, really good yep. rate, yeah. which you're not going to get. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that you have to be aware of. Then the other things that you see are very often the, the case that uh, if it's a mom and pop uh, operation, they're doing all the work themselves. So they're not charging any management fees to themselves. They're not, they don't have <clears throat> much labor costs because they're doing all the work themselves. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes what you see is people, if they own a number of properties, they're basically kind of providing those services at the corporate level and Mm -hmm. it's wrapped up in a management fee or something yeah. sharing not, the cost yeah yeah so it's not it's, it's not it's going to cost you more mm -hmm. and so if you go and you buy deals based on and you know these gurus are telling you buy on actuals buy on actuals and what they mean by that is don't buy on the on the broker's pro forma <laughs> right but they don't tell you that so and i made this mistake when i first started too i bought on the actuals yep without realizing that my actuals are not the same as the seller's actuals right yeah. so so, so actuals is sort of like a little misleading. You have to understand what your cost structure is going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why it's really critical to understand underwriting. And it's also really critical to have on your team, you need to have a property management company lined up and have them look your overwriting over, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if, unless you have, you know, if you're big enough, we have a big team of underwriters, you don't need this. But if you're, if you're smaller, you need to have a property manager that you can at least ask you know the question of well, what is the labor going to cost on this? That's like the key, the key thing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what can you operate the this per per door at? Yeah. You also need to have a mortgage broker because the mortgage brokers are underwriting these deals too, and they're seeing hundreds of deals, mm -hmm. and so they're kind of underwriting on an average kind of cost basis. And but it's great to have that as a check on you, because I mean I you know <clears throat> I love it when I do when I underwrite and I send it to my mortgage broker for, to get a loan quote and I send it to my manager and they both come back and I look at their underwriting and it's like, oh, okay, we're kind of, we're like in the same ballpark. But that always makes me feel really good cool. that, you know, but you have to have those people as checks. So yeah. that's, that's what underwriting is all about. Um, Very cool. okay. As I said, like th that's, that's kind of the minimal, what you need to be in the game. You need to be talking to brokers, seeing deals, underwriting. Them. Yeah, you're, you're practicing, right? Getting in the game starts with practice. Yeah. Right. Making a decision to do the work and, and, and practice and underwriting is a big deal in commercial. Maybe it's certainly underwriting is a totally different game in residential. You, you can call it underwriting, but it's nothing even close. However, I'm going to say that you're not if you're only underwriting, you're not in the game because okay. Tell me. I actually knew someone once who will remain nameless, who told me that he underwrote 5000 deals. Right. Oh. I don't think he ever made an offer. Right. So it's sort of like. It's, that's not really, that's just, no, yeah. that's sort of like, that's, a, that's, a, that's like, that's like the spectator who keeps a scorecard. Yeah, right? that's, yeah, you're in the stands, you're, you're in baseball, what are they called? It's a, yeah, your scorecard, you got the scorecard. Score yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Score when I go to baseball games, it helps me the game, right? But it's yeah. not, doesn't make me a player. But yeah, it, yeah. you're not taking your swings, right? Yeah, exactly. So, okay, uh, I get you. Yeah, so you got to be in there at least like, making offers and stuff and you know if you don't get anything it's fine and that could be because you're extremely disciplined or very conservative or whatever that's 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 good you're still yeah, in that's an okay outcome but you got to take your shot yeah exactly but you have to you have to be you have to be putting in offers and, and and having the chance that you might get an accepted offer
Awesome. So a couple of quick follow-ups here, because I want to I want to relate it to the folks that follow my channel. In my channel, very, very residential, I talk about buy box, zip code, property type, down to an active listing of 20 to 40. That's very easy to do in residential, realtor.com, all of that. I'm guessing 100 units and above, you're probably looking at cities, because you probably don't, I'm like in any one city, even a large city like Raleigh, North Carolina, what, you got like three active listings or something? I'm. Are, are yeah, you looking at regions of the country, or how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, you're looking at like MSAs, right? Okay. And yeah. but you're right; they're never, they're only going to be a handful of active listings at at a time, mm -hmm. which is what makes it so difficult right now. Right. Like, is there are so many people who are chasing the same deals, so it's really become, you know, everybody's trying to find off market deals, and not because it's possible to like get bargains. Just because it means like you're more likely to actually get the deal. Yeah, you, know? you want to limit competition. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You just want to be in a situation where you're going to expend all this time, money, and effort mm -hmm. to to pursue the deal. You want to have a good chance of getting it and not be one of you know 20 offers on the right. deal. Right. Okay. So that's why people are trying to get off market deals. But I, you know, I have to say, people come to me all the time and they're like, "How do you get off market deals? Do you do mailings? Do you do, you know?" knock on doors, you use CoStar to find out who the owners are and contact them. And the thing is, well, yeah, you can do all that stuff. But I know, I know a lot of people who have pursued those kinds of strategies and you know, your hit rate is very low, very, very low. And you have to be really consistent over time and it, it costs money. So like, oh, yeah. you know, like they've hired people like analysts to just do nothing but like make cold calls. And so if you don't have the money to do that, you know, sending out one, you know, they're out there, there are plenty of people out there who are really happy to sell you a list for a couple thousand dollars, you know, sell you a five or $10,000 package of like mailing stuff out. And the chances of you hitting on one of those, yeah, very low, yeah. right? So if you're not doing it like every month, mm -hmm. right? And, and having the same people get the, get the letter from you every single time until yeah. you finally hit them when they're, when they're ready to sell, you know, that it, it's a, it's a really low percentage play. Yeah. It's the so same thing in residential. I have a guy, I, I call him the number one investor in my market. Uh, he has been doing mailers or postcards, usually postcards, sometimes a letter, but usually postcards uh, for seven years now. Uh, he spends over a hundred thousand dollars a year hitting wow. essentially the same people. And he's, and, and as you would expect, he's now getting deals this year from cards that people saved three years ago. Cause um, you know, most of these people that are getting cards are owners they don't flip to sellers until some event. They age out, they get divorced, whatever, right? So, uh, right, yeah, whatever. Retired. There's an event. Yeah. Yeah. So, the other thing I talk about in this whole spectator versus player thing is, again, very residential. So, you get a buy box, you focus daily discipline. The other thing is, you start to understand what you don't know. And, and you talked about mortgage broker, probably inspectors. The thing that I challenge folks for in my residential is to try to meet two new people a week to grow your network is that is that doable in this in in the multifamily like larger multifamily space yeah i think okay. i think so i mean it might not be there might not be you know in your market there might no. not be more than two commercial brokers in the whole market right so once you've met them you've met them but uh you want to be talking with investors and exactly investors bankers all the, all the things for, foreshadowing one of our you know today's mm -hmm. topics we're going to be talking about raising money you got you can be out there and you should be out there meeting investors or doing like the way that I've done it 
is building a you know a social media presence and building a list right yeah. so um that's the other thing but so you don't necessarily have to be out there meeting people but you have to be growing your list of investors some in some way very cool well this has been a lot of fun i appreciate this conversation jonathan how can people follow you so there's a couple of ways one uh if you would like to be part of my community where we just talk about this kind of stuff all the time uh just find me on facebook i you can join the multifamily investment community so just search for that on facebook and uh you can join that and if you would like to invest with me you know we have a number of active things going on uh if you would like to invest with me uh, just Google Two Bridges Asset Management and fill out the investor form and uh, we'll be in touch. Folks, I recommend doing both of those things. Uh, I am a part of both things and I appreciate it. So Jonathan, thank you very much. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.